Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of Root Forest Valley podcast. I'm Noemi and today with me there's Hasse Storebecken. He is CEO at Aqualar, a Norwegian startup dealing with water infrastructure management and monitoring. So welcome Hasse and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this talk. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I've actually worked 25 years or so with safety for large international companies, in, mostly in the oil and gas industry in Norway, managing their safety problems with software solutions. So making software to make things more safe. And what about Aqualarm? So how did the project start and what are the problems and challenges that you wanted to address with this solution? Yeah, basically our customers are water utilities that manage the drinking water distribution network. So bringing water from the water treatment plants to your tap. And the reality is that in that part of the travel for water, some health problems and some other costly problems are created. And uh, most of us think that water is safe to drink. But real, for example, in the UK, 16 million cases every year are coming from tap water, drinking tap water. And even in Scandinavia, we see about the same occurrence of health problems from tap water. Three, four percent will have a loose stomach and some children and elderly actually die from this every year. And this is a huge social problem and this is really engaging me and it's the main reason why I am in this business. We're talking of lives every year. I was contacted by a Norwegian water utility when this project started and I was brought in because of my experiences from oil and gas. They basically said that I had problems with knowing what was happening in the distribution networks and they have more and more quality problems because of guesswork really in how to operate. Half of the problems that I have are about bacteria and they could not find out what to do with them. And now with climate changes, this is becoming worse because too little and too much water means that they will sometimes be flooded with water that is pushing into the pipes and sometimes water will be pressured out of the pipes so a lot of things get into pipes that shouldn't be there and they don't know what's happening they don't know where it is so to to fix that they sometimes increase the chlorination chemicals extremely and you can feel the smell and the taste of that and it's costly it's about 30 percent of the cost and it may also be bad for people drinking it not proven, but people are worrying. And it may also be bad for the environment sometimes to let these chemicals into nature. So that's the starting point. It is complex and it's getting worse these days. And authorities are pushing more and more on the industry to make things happen. Thank you so much. This is a very huge problem from a social, but also from an environmental point of view. And can you explain why the water industry do not have a better control on this problem? What are the difficulties and the challenges? Because we would think that they had control of this in this modern world. So the question is very relevant. And actually what utilities have been compliant, they follow the rules. And the rule sets basically tell them to use 
technology that is 160 years old. They say you have to take samples and you have to bring these to the laboratories. And everybody knows that the results from the laboratories come back after the water is consumed. So, so these, these methods with samples and laboratory support used to be a very good solution compared with the technology. But now society has changed and the possibilities are so much better. So it is due time to make changes. Food industries have established other systems many years ago. So it's time that things change. And with climate changes, the problems are increasing so much. So right now, well, there's really huge changes coming. Just to try to understand the numbers, when, you, when they take the samples, it is a little bit like take, delivering a super big 50 meter swimming pool and take one sample in the corner there every week. Does that really tell about all that other water flowing the other days? No, it doesn't. Dangerous water are flowing in between the samples, that's for sure. It's a key point, I mean, the fact that actually there is a problem also in regulations despite of the availability of technologies that can allow companies and water utilities managers better control on the quality and on the whole infrastructure. With this respect, would you like to tell us a little bit more about your solution? So how does it function and what about the technology and the kind of data that is collected? Yeah, I'll be happy to do that. And I, I must also fill in on the regulatory aspect. We are not trying to change the regulations now. That will take time. It will come. We are seeing those changes are coming, but with our services will just add on what they have to do from the legal standpoint. But over time, I think our technology will be part of the reasoning for updating the regulations because now the possibilities will come with our solutions. For me to take this project to a solution, initially I had a lot of thinking and I was happy enough to bring in our first lead investor that used to be top manager at Accenture Norway, Tron Berg. And he, he told me, Hase, you know the software and then you, you know the safety systematics, but you need somebody knowing everything about what's happening down there in the distribution networks, everything about our KPIs and how they interact, because this is super complex. And we search for this kind of specialist and we actually found one of the best five, I'd say, globally in our CTO, Human, Dr. Human. He has a PhD in this and he's been working 15 years with this in the UK. And he's been sitting, for example, in Thames Water steering quality for parts of London. So he knows the problem from the customer side and, and also is an enabler in a, to make it possible to use artificial intelligence and machine learning and setting up all these algorithms and seeing how, for example, if pressure falls, if everybody's watering their lawn, pressure may fall so much that water that is normally leaking out will come back in with whatever it draws into the pipe. And if that happens in one region, where does all the other water flows change? And if they change a lot, Inside the pipes, there are a lot of biofilm that sounds sweet and soft, but it's sometimes hard and rocky and small miniature mountains in the pipelines. And when flows change or a new water source, maybe a well instead of a river comes in, these small cities of cells will 
maybe die off and travel to the water reservoir and lie there and brew and wait for your tap. So, so a lot is happening here underground. And we are so happy to have this specialist that had his PhD in understanding this huge environment of thousands of kilometers living there on its own. That's our solution to, to open that box and explain what is happening and give proper advice on what to do. How can they, where should they clean pipes? Where should they clean water reservoirs? Where should they use more money from a reservoir instead of less? If the water reservoir is about to get sour and bad, if they use it quickly, maybe they can solve it with very low costs. So these are the kind of solutions that we will be making. And to do so, we have had to establish our own sensors that in a very cheap way with low costs and low maintenance can see changes in bacteria. It's not a very accurate sensor, but it has the right sensitivity. So we see if things are changing and we combine this sensor data with a lot of information from the water utilities. So that will be information about the flow, about pressure, about the age of the pipelines, about temperatures of the water, about complaints from customers and many other variables. That is a part of our, the basis for our data model, which predicts what will happen in the next minutes days and so on. And with that, we provide good software with information to the water utilities. So they don't see all this sensor stuff. They don't see all our algorithm and advanced systematics. They only get good, useful information on what to do. That's a long story. I'm sorry about it. It is complex that protects us, but we can handle it. This is less complex than large IT security solutions, which monitor thousands of environments. We only have hundreds of thousands of kilometers of pipelines and some water reservoirs. Thank you so much. And so along with its social impact, which is actually huge, what is the environmental impact of your solution? So from a, a climate change point of view. So, so environment inside the pipes with the biofilm and everything that is growing there will be changed and challenged. And that situation is very dangerous and very complex to overview. And that's our main effort to overview that situation and be there for the water utilities, tell them what to do so that climate changes do not kill more people, do not end up with too much chemical use. I told about the chemical chlorination use that they use chlorination chemicals to get control. And when they don't know how much they need, they tend to use too much. And without information, they may be able to reduce on the chemical use. So these are core, very logical things that will happen. We will also cooperate with our channel partners that sell software to reduce uh, leakages. When they do their very important services, because when they reduce leakages, they will reduce the energy consumption and water usage. Say, normally now there's 30-40% of the water being produced that leak out. If we can reduce on that, it will reduce CO2 for cleaning the water and for pumping it and transporting it. And it, it will also reduce on basically the, the scarce water where it ends up. So we can help the leakage problem with keeping water safe while they work with leakages. Because when they work with leakages, they tend to close off some valves to regions around to have control of how much water is coming into an area, how much goes out. 
And when I close out these valves, it becomes old water and hazardous water. And for this, I need us to control that it is safe, that I use the right amounts of chlorination, that, that I don't reduce leakages, but maybe make more people ill. So they have a very strong motivation to get our software into the leakage work globally. This was a bit complex, but basically reducing chlorination, getting better control of climate changes without increasing the hazard of, of, for the population. So some CO2 limitations, some chemical reductions, and absolutely a lot of life saved are our core outputs. Thank you so much. Can you provide us maybe with a case study of your solution in action? Yes. The typical customer will have some areas of their uh, distribution network, which I find particularly critical and problematic. And we usually call these areas for zone, water zones. So they will come to us and tell us about the problem. Uh, we will be brought in by the channel partners. We will analyze the problem and we will then promise them basically our software as a service. So they, they get a software with the information they need to reduce their problem. And to do so, we use all the say, work we do with sensors and AI and so on, but they don't see so much of that. They pay for a software license and all the sensors and all our work with the artificial intelligence and so on is part of the cost for the, for the, for the software. But actually we price the software according to how much we save for the customers. So the customers will save maybe fines to the authorities. They will save on less chemicals, on less overtime on running and always trying to fix things after the, it, they become problems. They will save money on maybe replacing pipes that are real problems and not just a pipe that they thought was important because we will be able to tell them where the problems are. So. Our pricing is 30% of their savings. And from our UK experiences, a sect will normally buy a delivery for us to solve a problem would normally be, be on a pricing like $8 per year per sector. And that means that they will have used, they will have saved something like 250, 60,000, and then paying a third of 30% of that to us. Thank you. And what is the engagement point? I mean, do you have some insights on the stakeholders' responses and feedback to, to your offer, to your solution? Yes, you know, since our technology has been developed and the development was started from a water utility, we have worked all the time in close cooperation with with the industry. We have, from the earliest days, had large and very strong water organizations as a part of our development process from Spain, for example, from the large cities in the south of Spain, Norwegian companies, Swedish companies. Right now, we, we have customers who are ready to start up once investments are in place. We have a large UK water utility serving 3 million people, ready to start once we say go, that we have an investment making us ready to start producing sensors and setting up the AI team for that purpose. We also just got a contract with a super large Sicilian water utility serving 11 million people 
in a region in Brazil. We got this through our first channel partner. And that's a big project that will take some months to prepare and plan for, but will start next year. So a lot of huge actors are actually endorsing us with saying, yes, we agree on your understanding of the problem and we believe that you are in a unique position to make the solution for us. Please come and help. That's basically what they are saying. Thank you so much. And what are the main challenges that you've had to face along the process? Our biggest challenges have been things that were very unforeseen. So in, in the midst of our developments, we had a COVID process. In that period, the plans were actually to deploy our solutions to a large Spanish city, a very competent water utility. And we did have a lot of collaboration, working to understand the problems and this was used for our designs and, and development process. We did get to the deployment because of COVID, which was sad, but we could do similar things just after in, in Norway and in Sweden. And also after that, now we have come into this period with financial challenges and we've been working slow for a period now, waiting for finance to get started, like for example, this UK project. It's, it feels like a terrible waste of time when such huge customers are interested. But this is the situation. Everybody sitting on one of these days are careful with how they use them. But we believe that this case is very obvious. The market asks, cries out for this solution. So we just will soon have enough money to start with the UK project. Thank you so much, Hasse. Unfortunately, we, we ran out of time, but it was very interesting okay. to, to learn more about this solution and very interesting and relevant insights about the um, water network and management systems. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for this. And also thank you anyone for listening to this podcast. See you in the next one. Bye-bye.